Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 234. In today's show, Ronald and Marcus chat with Nadir, an engineer at Automatic and WooCommerce, who is on the team for the cart and checkout blocks. If you want to catch up on what's happening on that front, what is coming around the bend, and a bit of a chance to get to know Nadir and what he does at Woo. Make sure and listen in. But before we do that, this show is brought to you by CAPTCHA 4WP plugin from WPY Security that lets you easily integrate Google CAPTCHA on your clients' Woo shops. And Trustpilot, helping potential customers find your clients so they can make better buying decisions through reviews. Let's get into it and learn what's new with the cart and checkout blocks with our guest Nadir and co-hosts Ronald and Marcus. Hey, welcome to another episode of Did uh, Marcus, you're joining me again, and we have a guest. Yeah, his name is Nadir, and he works for Automatic on the uh, is it Rubik's Q? Uh, yes, yes, Rubik. Yeah, yeah. and well, um, Nadir, maybe you can explain uh, what what you do in your day to day life. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ronald. Thank you, Marcus. So I work for the checkout team within within the WooCommerce organization, and we we are a newly formed team. Like we we formed like six months ago. Before that, we were a parent team that handles all the block in the WooCommerce team, and now like we exclusively work on cutter checkout. And our day to day works basically involves building the story PI and building the cart and checkout block. So we maintain those two things. My day-to-day job as of right now involves uh, working on future work, like for cart and checkout, like setting up some architectural stuff and basically like all of everything that involves checkout within automatic, within WooCommerce or like within the actual product itself. And how many engineers work on your team on the, the cart and checkout blocks? Uh, as of right now, we are nine engineers, with one of them being a parental leave. Okay, so if you're not so um, up to date with what involves in uh, coding or developing with uh, with blocks, it seems there's a lot of manpower for a cart and checkout block, but I'm sure it's way more complex than that. How can you best describe the complexities that you're facing day to day? I would say that our team actually started with four people. So, and we worked for, we worked as four people on that, on that project, the cotton checkout team for a couple of years now. And then at the beginning of this year, we switched, we added uh, developer apprentices to the team and we are now a total of nine. So I would say the complexities of, of a cart and checkout, are a, it's like a box that you really don't know what kind of edge cases that is going to be there, what kind of problems. So like our team basically handles two things. We we own the Story API, which is which is WooCommerce new public API. So it's different from the rest APIs. Like it is publicly available and it enables like headless commerce and like building like headless shops and stuff like that. And we also like build the cart and checkout, which are of now like a collection of a lot of blocks that are making that are going to make like the cart block and and they like they handle a lot of some stuff like we we would like today as of today I was spending most of my day handling translation in specific like 
loading translation on specific parts of the checkout. Like overall, like on the long term, our work basically evolves getting checkout into a competitive place. Basically, like we started with a really bad checkout in WooCommerce. Like the old checkout was slow. It had problems. The design was bad. And so we dis- we designed this new checkout. We worked on it for around eight months and then we launched it. And then that's a working checkout right now. But the issue is it's built on React, it's built on JavaScript, and it's basically blocks. So all of the integrations, all of the plugins that were there are no longer working right now. And so like we spend the last, and we are actively still spending the last 18 months working on integration APIs and accessibility. What we did is we started with payments. It took us like two to three months like to get some payments API in place. Uh, and then like we started thinking about started thinking about extensions from start and finish. So we tried to integrate WooCommerce subscriptions, WooCommerce booking, stuff like that. And we started like reimagining how how do things integrate with the checkout. Previously, like it was actions and filters and it was a free feed, like you can do anything there. Yeah. And you can do anything. It's a powerful thing, but it's very dangerous when you have a checkout that your business relies into. Like if if a plugin isn't up to date, isn't isn't using the code probably, like is the code is not safe from that plugin, like your whole checkout is down. And like this is a problem for merchant because you can't really trust your store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like we spend we are spending this time like reimagining how extensibility looks for a cart and checkout and what can you do while preserving the core experience. So it means the checkout is still going to be optimized. Like we try to prevent merchants from shooting themselves in the foot, like with, with some wise customization that might seem like a good idea, but will hurt their conversion a lot. Like we try to educate developers about how to build stuff and, it's this this has been our main challenge for the past 18 months which is like getting extensibility points in place educating developers into the javascript and the react world and like how they can integrate their stuff yeah um i'm going to involve marcus actually in the, in the next question because mark uh, marcus um used to work for well still work for skyvoge but go bought by godaddy and um you did a lot of uh, payment gateways and, and things that involve checkout. So hearing this, and maybe you can give an insight as well of, of the things that have been happening uh, behind the scenes at GoDaddy. So with, with this new block development, how much of the team, how much involvement do you have? And then I think as a sort of a part two to pass it back to Nadir, how much they reach out to to other developers to get them involved and, and up to speed and make sure they are they're all compatible. So Marcus. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, all of the payment gateway stuff relies heavily on, you know, the WordPress way, the WooCommerce way, working with WooCommerce, the way that it works out of the box. And so I would imagine that to some degree that has to be figured into building these payment gateway integrations and new cart and checkout that, you know, it's got to, continue to be somewhat backwards compatible, I would think, um, with the way that things are currently working across. I know Skyverge has, you know, a couple dozen payment gateway plugins, but that's, you know, just a small portion of all the available payment gateways that you could possibly have across the 
across the platform. Is that the key to make it uh, backwards compatible, uh, Nadir? Is that also one of the challenges? Uh, one of the challenges is basically like how can we make this developer experience easier, but st- still like respecting, still like respecting the merchants and still like respecting how things evolve. So as as Marcus said, like. Uh, the bulk of a payment gateway is each PHP code, like like the code that does the handling, that does the processing stuff, and that still works fine. Like we made sure, like it works fine, even when a lot of instances it it was not written, it was not written in a REST API mentality. Like it relies heavily, like on the some of the browser variables. So like we still like managed to get that working, but. The second part is going to be the presentation layer of a payment gateway. So how do you capture the payment and how do you interact with the different life cycles of a checkout? Previously, this was not very fleshed out in the, in the old checkout. You had like a couple of jQuery events and stuff like that, but you had to do the most of your work yourself. Like in the new checkout, we have this whole event-based system into like how checkout would collect information, how will it pass them to payment gateway and then now... Payment Gateway would need to rebuild basically that front-end side of it. Basically, like for those one, that like it, it's for the Payment Gateway that capture information, but like for some that will just redirect, that will just redirect it to another page to capture payment, integration is usually like a one line. So it's very easy. But for the ones that are a bit complicated on the front-end, like Stripe or PayPal or Square, like there is some kind of work that needs to happen to integrate into the event system. And you engage with um, these um, with these parties, with these developers, so they they don't suddenly find themselves at a big surprise. Oh, here's another update. It doesn't work anymore because that's they they represent thousands of uh, uh, merchants, of course. Like for us, uh, the cart and checkout block are still are still in the future plugin. They are not yet part of WooCommerce core because of this. Like we don't want to present a solution yet that doesn't work with half of the payment gateway. So it it's it's been a it's been a, a catch twenty two issue. Like sometimes we reach out to payment to payment providers, we ask them, hey, this is the documentation, this is some examples, can you integrate your plugin with the cut And they would say no, we won't do that until checkout block is part of WooCommerce core. And we can't get it part of WooCommerce score unless we get that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> we still like we still work with still like work with payment partners. So as of right now, as of this couple of weeks, I am working with Amazon Pay, with PayPal, and with Klarna, like to get some integration going. And we also like reach out to other people. Developers reach out to us usually, and we communicate with them. We provide some guides, and if they have any question, we usually. Our GitHub is is very well maintained. So if a question came in, it's usually answered within a couple of days or so. For plugin developers working on payment gateway, um, you know, plugins and integrations and stuff is the best way to keep on top of some of the the early releases that are coming out. Make sure that people are plugin developers are, are downloading those and testing those and making sure that everything is working. Yes, and it's like we try as best as possible to make everything backward compatible. Like even this is like a future plugin, everything we do is backward compatible. Like we don't just change an API over day. I think 
as of last year, we changed a couple of APIs, but like we we had some deprecation handling and we left them there for like six months and we reached out to developers, even if there's just one plugin that's using that API. We'd still want to reach out to them and like make sure that whoever started building on the new Kotlin checkout block can be rest assured that we will not suddenly be changing stuff for them. Yeah, I feel like the, the WooCommerce team does a pretty good job of... Um of keeping people up to date on the on the blog and stuff about things that are coming out, the change logs, things that are being deprecated and stuff. I know there are a few big players in the game that you probably talk to, but for all the other payment gateways, it's best to to keep up to see what's going on, what's new, and and make sure that you know the code is up to date to make things work the way that it's supposed to work. Yes. So you you work on cart and checkout. I know that checkout has been you know, kind of a hot topic with, with WooCommerce and stuff. What is, I guess, what does the ideal checkout look like for WooCommerce in the future? Let's say I have a brand new WordPress site. I throw WooCommerce on it. What am I looking at? Is that going to be, are those pages that are automatically generated going to be generated with blocks on them? What does the future of the, of the checkout look like? So as of right now, as I said, like it's uh, the, the carton checkout that is still in the future the future plugin and we want to make them available in WooCommerce core. And we have like a couple of payment providers that we want to finish first before we go that. So it's mostly PayPal and Amazon. Once it's there, the new cart and checkout are going to be available, but they're not going to be the default. Like once they are available, we know that more, more plugins will be motivated to start integrating and then we're going to help them. And when we feel that a good portion of the market has integrated their plugins, we're going to start to make them the default experiences for new handstarts. So if you, like this is still up in the air exactly how we're going to implement that, but what we want to do is that once you install WooCommerce as a fresh install, the WooCommerce block is going to be there. And we will try to detect if you have running plugin that does not integrate with the checkout block. And if that's so, like, we will probably just replace it with a shortcut one or, like, issue some warning or something like that. And, like, it is, it is still a bit of a long way when the checkout block is going to be the default one. And we have no plans at all of removing the shortcut one. It's going to stay that indefinitely, at least like to my knowledge, like we, we don't want to delete it because we know there is a lot of use cases for it. There's a lot of people who will not update or will not integrate or who do, who do very specific things with checkout that the new one will not probably not enable. So probably we're going to keep that for, there forever, probably. Is the checkout block a you know, a, a container for a number of different blocks? Is the checkout block going to rely heavily on the settings in the um, in the sidebar? How does the checkout block sort of work? The block itself is a container, but it's a shallow container. It has it has a lot of the the logic of a checkout. So the data, uh, the data processing and stuff like that does come with it. But inside of it, it's just a collection of blocks. And so like our goal is that you can select the shipping address block and then you will see the shipping address. Like you will see like the shipping address settings and then you can add fields in line. You can change the text, you can change the titles, you can place new blocks. Like let's say a third party developer would, would, would want to build a block that instead of having a list of just, let's say, shipping uh, shipping method, like you get a map, like 
for like pickup location, stuff like that. And this is going to be possible with developers building blocks and those blocks like just integrating that. And like one thing we are looking for in the future is how can we enable different configuration of the checkout? Let's say your shop only sells courses or like only sell digital stuff. You probably are not going to need the shipping address and the shipping middle. And like you might want to tweak how how your checkout look. And it's going to be just possible within Gutenberg. That's very powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, really, the the third-party integrations there is, goes way beyond just the, the payments, payments providers. There's a lot of other, uh, you know, cart and checkout-related plugins that are going to want to make sure that they stay on top of that as well. Yeah, all the uh, coupon codes and um, or if you do a checkout in a, in a cafe bar and you just want to add your table number, you don't need everything else. So you can quite easily disable that, add that, or add your, you know, whatever earned uh, air miles into it. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be very powerful to make those changes quickly. Very exciting. One example is like, I'm sorry, like, like uh, beyond like payments, like examples include the, uh, the mail shapes and the mail pod, like of the world, like the newsletters where they can, you can choose how and where you're going to collect your concept for the newsletters. Future plans also include us going into different pages beyond carting checkout. So the thank you page is also going to be a page, uh, block based, and the my account in the future is also going to be like block based. And like you can customize those things to your business without using code. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. WPY Security, the brand behind WP Activity Log, also has you covered with CAPTCHA for WP plugin. This slick integration with the Google reCAPTCHA gives your clients an easy way to add CAPTCHA checks to their shops on the Woo checkout, registration, and account pages. And as a bonus, you can select where you want to add that CAPTCHA on the checkout page. So I suggest you head over to WPWhitesecurity.com and help your clients protect their Woo shops from fake registrations and orders the right way. You know how important reviews are to your client sites or even your own Woo shop. So why not check out the world's leading review platform where over 626,000 websites have been rated and reviewed. Trustpilot integrates with WooCommerce not only to help with getting more reviews and displaying them, but it also gives you the benefit of SEO. Every month, over 4 million reviews on Trustpilot helps potential customers find your clients and helps those customers make better buying decisions. Using Trustpilot with WooCommerce transforms reviews into traffic, sales, and customer loyalty. All you need to do is head over to the WooCommerce Marketplace and get their free extension. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Um, Nadir, um, your journey into automatic and how did you get where you are now? Tell us a little bit about that. I've been working as a freelancer uh, since I was 17 years old. Like I've, I did WordPress and WooCommerce. I had like a, a WooCommerce agency back in the day and I was working like, mostly like on front end stuff. So like barrier to joining automatic, 
think the last project I was building was a headless shop for a client and there was no story API back then. There were no stuff. So we had to build a lot of the stuff from scratch. At the same time, I was running a co-working space in my city and I met someone who works at Automatic in that co-working space. He introduced me to the company and what they do. And I started like to get to know Gutenberg. I wasn't really a big fan of Gutenberg, but like this person was uh, the lead developer of the Gutenberg project. So like I started to get to know the project, stuff like that. And I started to like it and started contributing and then decided I might want to switch from doing freelance into like this company. And I was placed on the blocks team. And from day one, like the week I joined it is the week we started working on Cart and Checkout. So like I was there since the first line which is almost like three years now, basically two and a half years. And I've been working exclusively on that, on that team for that duration. Like I worked in, in, as an engineer. Then at the beginning of this year, when our team splits, so we have like a full set editing team and now our cart and checkout team, I, I became the engineering manager for the checkout team. And I did that for like six months or like four months and discovered that being an engineering manager is not for me right now. So I switch it back to being an engineer and someone else from our team happily decided to be our engineering manager and she's been doing a great job ever since. That's, uh, that's quite a journey to, uh, you know, to what you're doing. Yeah, you you said you were freelancing before. Um, how much of that was writing code? I would imagine that'd be a bit of a, bit of a shift from building websites to then being part of the you know, fundamental code that helps others build websites. How is that switch? Like my journey into freelancing has been a bit disjointed. Well, in the later half of it, I started focusing on WordPress. Like before that, I was mostly like uh, working on front end stuff. So I would like do contract job with companies for like six, nine months, like being their front end guy, like building their pages and performance stuff. When I was doing freelance for the WordPress, I like I was a bit lucky to uh, I was a bit lucky to be able to decide on what projects I want to work on. So I was always trying to limit them to the technically challenging projects mostly. And the those like those projects would take three to six months, and like the the business of it was not really complicated a lot for me because I was not taking a lot of projects a year, but those were like a bit of a complicated project. So I managed, I managed it like to try those problems, get an idea of a lot of the limitations and things that uh, a developer would go to into building the stuff. I also like built plugins at some point for WooCommerce as well. So when I joined the WooCommerce team, like I had an idea of what kind of issues like me as a developer were into, like what kind of documentation I would appreciate, what kind of APIs I would expect. And I've, I've, I brought with me like the, uh, the wrong assumptions I had, like about this developer's team or like about what I think a problem should be solved in, in a specific way. But like once you join this, like once I joined this team, it took me some months to like fully switch from the mentality of a freelancer, like of a consumer of these things, to a mentality of someone who is building them. Um, but that's really valuable um, feedback and experience that you've brought to the team because to have uh, a view from both sides of the uh, experience is, of course, 
incredibly valuable, especially when it comes to rolling out new features and new releases that you that you have that in mind that actually on the other end, you have the developers on, on, and further that you have the merchants that might face all these problems. So, you know, for you to, to double check and check it and check it again and test um, is, of course, really reassuring as well for, you know, whoever's listening on, on uh, to this podcast, knowing that the cart and checkout blogs are are taken care of by people with experience and um, experience in, in uh, what it's like to be in their shoes. So I think on, on behalf of everybody, thank you for, for looking after that project for the last three years. And hopefully that uh, you will continue with that. Like the team I worked on, like at that point, like also included uh, our previous team lead, Darren Eder, which is now leading the Forsat editing team. Like he also had a lot of experience being a consumer. We also had on our team Mike Shorty, which who had like a lot of experience on WooCommerce as well. So we brought those informations. And as of as of this year, uh, some more one joined it automatic, and they switched from from a team that I worked on in GitHub to working with us internally, and they they brought a lot of perspective that I was simply missing as a team who builds plugins for a living. They brought like new perspective that we didn't have because like I had, I had an experience as a developer building custom things, but I didn't really, I, I was struggling probably like to see it from like, I was struggling to see it from a plugin author who had like 10 plugins to maintain, who has a lot of backlog issues and who's struggling to learn React, to learn JavaScript and like, how do we balance a lot of the stuff? So when the summer one team joined automatic, we we unlocked a lot of the stuff. Like we saw a lot of the problems, a lot of limitations that they had, that they pointed us to us, and we are we are actively working with them. Like I think as of in, as of this week or next week, we're going to start rolling out a series of articles into using Cart and Checkout for those kind of developers who are like completely new to JavaScript or completely new to React. And this perspective has been really helpful for us as well. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, but it, it, the way I see it, it's a, it's a living and breathing machine, the, the open source and, and WooCommerce and WordPress. And people with experience just come in, they add their flavor to it. I know in automa- automatic, lots of people stay there for a very long time. But it is it, it it evolves. It's not a company that's closed and, and you join, you have to learn and you do things maybe based on what um what people's habits are. You you you're open to bring in your own experience. And that that's that's I think a, it creates a very healthy um atmosphere and of course uh, platform or not platform, but the, the, the software itself. Yeah, I mean I I think that's important to note too that the people building WooCommerce are also people that use WooCommerce. And I think that that gets overlooked a lot. And that's not just, you know, this black box of how do we build a piece of software? It's how do we build a piece of software that serves developers, that serves customers, that serves merchants? And how do we do that best for everyone? And those audiences are also the folks that are working on the project themselves. Yeah, it's a responsibility. Do you ever wake up and uh, you're in the middle of the night and think, <laughs> whatever I'm doing is going to affect uh, three, four, five million stores? <laughs> <laughs> it is like it, it's. Uh, I remember like as four or five months ago, I was like setting up some of the guidelines for 
for how we built extensibility APIs. And if you look at WooCommerce or WordPress back in the day, it was a bit liberal into how you add filters and hooks. And like, as of now, like I started to think like, if we don't do this right, it's going to affect millions of shops. And like each shop has thousands of customers. Like this is, has this much impact. So we have to respect that responsibility, which is sometimes it's a bit daunting really like to, like to handle like this much responsibility. Like we are affecting not just the livelihood of developers, but the livelihood of merchants as well who, who rely on this to make an income. Sorry, just to throw in the figure there, $31 billion um, revenue went through WooCommerce, as uh, uh, I think Matt Millerberg um, said in, in another episode in January. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think like one, one, le- one thing I really love about the WooCommerce team and people I have been working with is how much cultural background each one brings. Uh, for example, like I remember like this was, I think nine months ago, we had a designer working working on the uh, marketing channels for WooCommerce and she's from Singapore. And she brought a lot of perspective from the Asian market into how they do e-commerce, which is completely different from the perspective that people in the US will be doing e-commerce like what you want in Europe. So there's a lot of reliance on marketplaces. There's a lot of different way to shop. Like, for example, I've been also trying to bring some changes to the way we do checkout. Because, for example, in my country, we don't do emails. Like emails are something very rare and only done like on businesses. But like for your day-to-day people, phone numbers is the way to go. And like, for example, if you look at checkout right now, it requires an email. So while email, it's probably used widely in the US and Europe, it's not used in a lot of other countries. So I'm like, I'm starting to look into, can we use phone numbers as a primary way of making checkouts? This is some of the perspectives that some of the people like on our company, like sometimes bring. Like we have someone from Japan who would say like, we do e-commerce this way. Like locally, this is how we do e-commerce. And then we have to balance all of these needs, which is really interesting for me to see sometimes. That's a great example. That's interesting because it filters all the way down, I think, to the WordPress experience, right? I mean, most of the time you create a user account in WordPress, it's a username and an email address. But if email addresses aren't so widely used, then, you know, that filters down to how do you create, you know, accounts on the on the WordPress site itself, which then becomes, you know, the customer account and all of that. Yes. It's like 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 this this problem, for example, it's it is a complicated one. And I know that some other platforms are looking into it and I would like, for example, Shopify has the ability like to only check out with a phone number, for example, and like some other platform like Facebook or Instagram where you don't need an email. So I think this kind of stuff that's like, we don't have the scale of Facebook or like, like the scale of Instagram that we have offices all over the world to be able to do this stuff. But like when you have a remote company with a lot of people, you start like to get into that perspective pretty easily. And I think this is very important when you are building an open source solution. Like when the mission is to democratize commerce, like you need to look outside of your comfort zone. So you need to look outside of your main consumers and see what new markets or like what different countries are doing in their e-commerce experiences. Have you done, um, have you joined any of the meetups yet uh, since, uh, um, well, since the, 
lockdown COVID period? I I didn't have a chance. I was the first meetup I was going to was World Camp Asia, and that one was cancelled. And then we didn't have anything yet since then. I think I was hoping to join the next meetup in Europe, but my visa uh, my visa never came through, so I'm probably not not going to attend it. That's a real shame because I know uh, working remotely or distributed has its advantages with what you just described with working with people from all of all of the world and adding perspectives. But it's also really important to um, to meet each other and and actually have that one on one and understanding people's sense of humor and what makes them tick, for example. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you at some word camp or uh, some other division meetup. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really, really very insightful. Um, thank you so much for for sharing um, your well, your story, but more importantly, the the, the journey you've um, embarked on with driving the project um, or co-driving the project on cart um, and and checkout blocks. Um, I'm actually very excited to to learn a lot more about it and see what what is coming out. I know there's a, some big changes happening to to WooCommerce. I think the the blocks is one. Also the um, the database uh, changes, uh, product tables will will change. That's another big one that will affect a lot of developers. Um, but again, it's 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 going to be backwards compatible. So that's also really reassuring. Um, Marcus, any any last uh, final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Nope. Same. Thank you so much for coming on, Nadir. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for what the next uh, you know year or two holds for WooCommerce. Exciting changes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for having me today. It was really fun to talk to you. Hey, Bob WP here. And before you go, I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Easily add Google Captcha to your client's WooShop checkout, registration, and account pages with the Captcha for WP plugin, which you can find at wpysecurity.com. And Trustpilot.com, the world's leading review platform that integrates with WooCommerce and gives your clients the extra benefit of SEO with their free extension over on the WooCommerce marketplace. Best way to stay on top of Do The Woo? Just head on over to Do The Woo dot io slash subscribe so until the next time keep on doing the woo